When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are wrapping up part of our horror celebration, our paranormal section, with a discussion about The Conjuring. We are mainly going to be focused on the first film, but time permitting, we may discuss the two sequels. We will not be getting into the universe, Conjuring universe, so we won't be discussing The Nun or Annabelle or anything like that. Uh, so this should be a fun conversation. But before I have my panelists introduce themselves, just a quick reminder that we are on Patreon now, and we have a bonus episode that is out right now that is a behind-the-scenes look with Susie, Sasha, and Carla, where we go on a few little tangents. One of them is before we even started the episode, the Poltergeist episode. These are all from that. Then another tangent with some confessions, and then it ends with... <laughs> What I can only call two fangirls gushing <laughs> about Tristan and Liz, the characters from American Horror Story Hotel. So <laughs> it's an embarrassing gushing where we actually were even crying <laughs> about those characters. So it's a fun little bonus episode that you can only hear if you become a supporter. And also we have a Lucifer episode that will be coming out very soon. So that should be a lot of fun, too. And again, that will only be available for Patreon supporters. For the Lucifer one, I will probably have a clip up that you can hear, but it'll be like five minutes, probably five or ten minutes max of the whole episode. So head on over to our show notes, click the Patreon link there, or on any of our social media, you can click our link tree, and it is there. Okay. And trust me, so you're going to want to hear that clip, people. So like Aaron said... <laughs> Go join Patreon because it it will be well worth the money you spend on Patreon. I agree. Yeah, especially especially the Finn Whitrock Tristan thing. No, I'm just kidding. But it's <laughs> it is pretty incredible. Uh, but it but it is a fun little thing, I think. So okay, so Melissa, if you want to tell me what you're into right now, I can't really think of anything else that in the last episode other than the circle. I'm sort of like obsessed with that right now. If I had to pick something else, I would say probably anything RuPaul's Drag Race. Kind of into that right now. I just went to see one of the queens in Cincinnati. So I'm sort of into that world right now a little bit. Awesome. I saw Susie's face light up there. Susie's a fan. Yeah, we did an episode on that with Susie earlier this year. So, yeah. And Sasha. So my husband made me break my horror streak last night. Um, and we watched Cruella on Disney Plus, the live action. And now I'm going to disclaimer that some of the live actions are really miss for me. Some of them hit, others are total miss. But Cruella was actually really good. And what made it amazing, Aaron, you will appreciate, is the soundtrack. So even, even if you don't watch Cruella, go on wherever you get your music. I found it on Spotify. And the soundtrack is phenomenal but it's like 1970s punk rock fashion extravaganza mm -hmm. is what it is it was really fun i really enjoyed it you know as far as like origin disney stories whatever it's a it's a whatever but the fashion susie would love the music aaron would love so i highly like it was a lot of fun so i deviated from horror and watched cruella and now that i have disney plus but I have to also watch on Disney Plus is is the new Haunted Mansion 
show because, well, Darren Chris is on it. So, hey, you got me with that Disney Plus. <laughs> Way to no, go. You found no, that again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. My husband saw that in Haunted Mansion, as you know, is one of his favorite movies, even yeah. though other people hate it. So he saw that and went, wait, there's a Muppets, which he loves, and Haunted Mansion. He's like, let's watch that. I was like, no, no, no. We're doing Cruella. We're No. No. So I had to. I had to rein him in, but I at least listen to the soundtrack, Aaron. I think you would appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you get a chance to watch it, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've heard that from most people and especially the soundtrack part. I've heard that. And, and that's totally my kind of music. And yeah. And I like that, that fashion too and stuff. So, okay. Susie, <laughs> what are you into right now? Yes. So as, as everyone knows, I'm a very big fan of the BBC show Ghosts. Um, it's available on HBO Max for anyone interested. And it the they just released the third season on HBO Max that I just devoured that in. Oh, so good. I want more. I love this show so much. And I'm so mad at America for making a remake. <laughs> just so mad. It doesn't work. It doesn't. But the original, oh. Awesome. And this is Aaron. And I watched a movie on Shudder. It's it's amazing. The streaming service that I recommended all the time. I shocking. <laughs> I haven't watched anything on there except for Poltergeist for our episode in a long time. You and haven't even said Shudder in like I know. <laughs> eight <laughs> no, weeks. It's it's I think it's even been longer than that. It's really <laughs> rather incredible. Uh, but I watched this this little horror film called Superhost, which is about this couple and they go to like a bunch of Airbnb type places and they raid them and they're like bloggers and all this stuff. And they go to this cabin and, you know, or this really luxurious cabin and they're going to rate that. And the woman who owns it is, is a little bit off, off, <laughs> off the rocker kind of thing. She's kind of out there. And it was just fun. It was funny. It's like you actually end up rooting for the woman who is a little bit out there because the couple are so stupid. I mean, they do the stupidest things, especially the guy. So it's kind of like you're like, you're so stupid. I. <laughs> but it's it's fun. So, yeah. So that one's on Shudder. Okay. So let's get into The Conjuring. So I want to know, I know Melissa loves this movie, so I don't. So I don't know if I even need to ask this, but what are your first, what were your first impressions of the first one? I thought it was really scary at first. Like, you know, it's the first time watching anything is scary. And then, you know, you kind of like, I mean, I still get scared of the jump scares because I'm just that type of person, even though I know it's coming. I get, <laughs> I jump at the loud noises. I thought it could it could get a little bit like cliche at some points um and i think obviously the story was overly dramatized but i thought it was like a really well done movie in general i think it was like really well acted and i like the the cast is amazing so i really enjoyed myself watching the movie i know we'll get into this more about like the validity of everything <laughs> but uh, my initial thoughts were I thought it was a, a good movie in general whether it was based on reality or not and Sasha well we all know that Sasha's broken <laughs> but I will so I won't focus on that part of it just because why beat a dead horse but I what I want to know is why it's always dolls or clowns or the creepiest kids toys that they can find that spirits are attached to like they never attach to you know a regular teddy bear or a stuffed giraffe it's always something terrifying right and it's that it's not even a normal music box it's like that weird mm -hmm. shape like a like a carousel yes mm -hmm. exactly and it's like, who, what, why, where, no, why are we doing this? And I, they ruin wardrobes. Like, I like wardrobes like Narnia, where you go into a fantastical world, not where it's got a secret passageway into freaking dust-ridden noose-having Satan. <laughs> dust-ridden noose-having Satan. <laughs> Well, that's where the room leads, right? It goes into the noose. She finds all the dust stuff, and it's terrible. It's... That's a, that's a really funny way to describe. It. 
and Susie. So I too am broken. <laughs> oh, I listen. I'm looking for that good scare, that like mm, delicious, scrumptious. Yes, yeah, scare me. And I, I'm not finding it anymore. But I do watch these movies for other reasons. Some of it is comedic, and some of it is for the appreciation of the cinematography and performances. <laughs> But like, yeah, my favorite part of this film is just Ed and Lorraine Moore, the cinematic universe version of them, not the IRS. Yes. <laughs> I, I should say that. Yeah. But it's oh, it's just mm. yes. Okay. Well, I think this movie's scary. <laughs> this first one's scary. I I don't think it's as scary the more you watch it, but I think it has a great jump scare in the clap scene. Everybody knows the clap scene. She's playing the clapping game, and then you see the clapping, you see the hands. I think that's really good. I I I like these movies a lot. I, you know, I think as they go along, um, the quality is the same, sort of, but I think the first one is definitely the best one. And my first impression of it was just, oh, this is a real, not a real story. I don't believe these stories at all, but this is a real way this is a really good way to tell a haunting story and i think james, this is also james wan so i think he does a really good job at this kind of stuff doing the atmospheric stuff i also love the way they do the title sequences the way they do the lettering for just the conjuring just those words i think the title is perfect i like the setting i like that these aren't modern day tellings for some reason i just like that better i like watching it and I do think they do the scares really well in these. I mean, for people that aren't broken, but just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, large lady, I'm sorry. It's not our fault that we're damaged. <laughs> you still love us in spite of our cracks. Uh, I do. I think it's, and I think it's great that, that Susie also watches it for the comedic elements. <laughs> but you know, it, we gotta enjoy our movies where we can. Yeah, but it is true about the, creepiest dolls because if you don't know the real life annabelle doll is a raggedy ann doll yes she does not look like that but they didn't want to use that because a raggedy ann doll is not as scary <laughs> so i do think the beginning of the conjuring when you have the annabelle thing that's freaky because dolls are scary no matter what <laughs> so because they're always evil. They have those ever-staring eyes. It's not okay. Especially Annabelle. She has the, yeah. Well, I not wish they would have used the original Raggedy Ann because nothing is scarier than a seemingly innocent-looking ragdoll that's true. becoming demonic. Like, the other one, you just know it's evil, so you're like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's true. I have heard people say that because then it's like, why would anyone want this doll? Because this doll looks evil, so why would anyone actually get this doll? So it would make it would have been better probably to have the Raggedy Ann. But anyway, that's kind of going off on the, the the Annabelle movies, which most of those are well, the first one is absolute trash, but the others are not that bad. <laughs> so let's talk about the performances and warning uh probably for both me and Melissa, because I will be raving about Vera Farmiga because if you listen to our Bates Motel episode, you know how much I adore this woman. And I know Melissa loves. Patrick Wilson. Okay, so we're going to come back to Melissa. So Sasha, what are your thoughts on the performances? Um, well, I know that you two are going to go on fairly lengthy tangents about the beauty of it. So I will keep mine. I just, I know how it works. I will keep mine short and sweet. I think that the performances overall, I think everybody did a great job. I think that the girls, you know, they really portrayed, you know, I mean, they were kids who got freaked out and there's the one who's like, oh my God, she's always sleepwalking. Like she's in my room, make it stop. Like that sibling annoyance mm -hmm. until they realize, oh wait, there's actually stuff happening. This is not good, not good, not good. So I think that the kids did a good job kind of with that sibling play and fear. The parents, I, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. Lily Taylor. Yes, I love her. Me too. I, I've met her, by the way. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. Sweetest I, person you will ever meet in your life. I, okay, I'm so, so I, I adore her. I think that she's fantastic. Everything she's in, I like everything that she does. And as far as her playing the, because, you know, the, the woman is basically like feeding on her energy and trying to take her over 
for the storyline for mm -hmm. spoiler alert for those of you who don't know because <laughs> you're not broken like me there's a you know evil woman it's her property she basically possesses all of the women to kill their children it's a whole thing that's the sasha reader digest version of the movie congratulations you've now seen the conjuring <laughs> there's also a haunted wardrobe and a creepy ass kids toy music box done but I love everything she's in. So I think that her portrayal of that like slow decline was really excellent. When she was fighting to come back, like that whole scene where it's like, remember that day, remember how you said you'd never forget, like this is your family, you have to fight, you have to fight. And so that whole thing I thought was really well done. Awesome. Yeah, I will. She was like the sweetest person I have ever met in my life. Uh, yeah, I met her at the Colorado Film Festival one year and I've loved her for years. She's one of my favorites. And she was premiering a movie. I wish I could remember the name of it now. Dang it. Because it's a really good movie. And I went up to her afterwards and just said, you know, I just really admire you. I look up to you. And she's very shy, too. She's very shy and quiet. And Yeah, she's just she's so sweet. So I'm always, so I'm glad to hear other people love her. So, Susie, your thoughts on the performances? I'm going to get just like a teensy weensy bit explicit, like like somewhat. <laughs> In regards to Patrick Wilson, I don't, is there, okay, so I think the name for, it's not Scream Queen, it's Scream King. Mm -hmm. I just like to, ref, well, I don't refer to him as that. He is my horror hunk daddy. Oh, yeah. you and Melissa are going <laughs> to. Yeah. yeah. Mm, <laughs> sir. Oh my God. I love this man. I love this man and his performance in this movie and in subsequent ones. Oh, just oh yes. It's delicious. And oh my god. Don't even oh Vera Farmiga. Oh my god. I just oh also my my horror mama. These are my like oh yes. 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 I can't gush too much or else it's going to get really nonverbal and squealy. And I don't think anyone wants to hear that, but just, it's just so good. And the chemistry, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Give it all to me. This is why I wish like we could, like, I really wish we could have gotten like a Conjuring TV series. So I could just see more of them. Like I would eat that up. Yeah. No spoon needed. Oh my God. So good. Just, I love it. And, <laughs> Also, the performance of everyone else in the movie, like, oh, just, I like this movie. I like it. <laughs> I, oh. That was, that was adorable. So, Melissa, you have, you have a, you have competition here for number one Patrick Wilson fan. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Are we going to have to do like an age thing? Like who, whoever has seniority <laughs> who's been along, around longer? <laughs> Listen, we can uh, make this poly. I don't mind. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Man, we, we could probably get Patrick Wilson on this show with all the love everybody has. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. Dream big. <laughs> Listen, this is the month where we've been Beetlejuicing people into existence. So we just, Patrick Wilson, Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson, Patrick Wilson. Like if we say it enough. We'll we can say, Beetlejuice him in. It's fine. Manifest it. Oh, yeah. look, there's I have an email. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even so, tease me like that. <laughs> so, Melissa, your thoughts on the performances? I really, really enjoy the chemistry between Vera and Patrick. I think it's amazing. And honestly, they're probably the reason that I continued watching the movies because I just think they're so amazing. I'm like, why aren't they a real couple? Because they, it feels so real. Like they make it seem like it's such a real thing. And I'm like, I think that they're a better Ed and Lorraine than like the real Ed and Lorraine were. Like, I mean, just in yeah. terms of like a couple, <laughs> like in terms of being like, to, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It might just, it might sound weird, but they're no, so good. <laughs> They're so good, and I just think, I don't know, they they really make the movies for me, and they really make you believe it, and I don't know. I know it's supposed to be, like, a horror movie, but I s sort of view them as, like, a, I don't know if, like, a romantic horror movie is, like, a thing or a category, but that's what yeah. I would categorize it as, like, a sort of, like, a, not, like, there's rom-com, and then there's, like, 
romantic horror. I don't know, <laughs> but I've, nobody ever talks about romantic horror as being like a category, but I would sort of put it in, in that sort of like middle ground category because I feel like it really is a, a lot about like their love too and like how they like exist with each other and how that, you know, helps them through things. But so I think really the chemistry between them just makes it so amazing for me to watch these movies and it's a lot of the reason why I watch these movies yeah I mean yeah I think they their chemistry is really really incredible and you know they they are both married in real life to other people very happily Vera Farmiga is very very in love with her husband you just have to follow her on Instagram to see how in love she is with her husband I don't blame her and you know I've talked before about how much I love Vera Farmiga when we did our Bates Motel episode that it's still a crime a crime a crime that she didn't win an Emmy every season for that show she is such an incredible incredible actress she's one of my absolute favorites and she's so unique and different and she adds, you know, we will get to this in a second, but Ed and Lorraine Warren were not good people. I'm sorry, but they just were not good people. Shock. But, Shock. <laughs> but it isn't so. <laughs> but Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga mm -hmm. add such humanity and such love to these characters that you wish that this was real. You wish that these characters were actually like this because they have such compassion for what they're doing. And Vera Farmiga, you know, in, in Lorraine, she's like playing this woman who she was given this gift. And I'm talking about the character in the movie, not in real life. She was given this gift and she's using it to help people. And she truly wants to help people, even if it hurts her. And with Ed in the movie, he is always so worried about his wife and doesn't want her to do this. I think there's a part of that. So you always see this internal struggle with them. And Lorraine has that too, especially in the second Conjuring episode, because she keeps having visions of him dying. And so they love each other so much that even though they do this because they feel a calling to do it and they want to do it, I think because of their love for each other, they still struggle with that and wanting to have, you know, they don't want the other to be harmed and, you see that there are parts of them that kind of want to quit this sometimes. And they even say that they're going to quit it. And at some point, you know, the one thing I will say is they aren't very good parents. <laughs> I don't no. want to say that though, because their daughter is like, <laughs> not even a, they fly across the country and it's kind of like <laughs> in the second one. And she's not really a consideration. So I'm going to say that even though I love them, they're not very good, <laughs> good loving parents as far in the movie, in the movie. And I'm, I don't, you know, in real life, it probably is that way too. Anyway, I just, I think both of those performances are incredible, amazing. If horror got the respect it deserved, I honestly believe there are even performances that I wouldn't be upset if they got nominated for these, especially Vera, because she does things with her face and her eyes and, oh, she's just so incredible. And I think this role is a little different for her because a lot of times you'll see her playing like... Norma Bates. She she plays characters that are very conflicted and they're good, but they're kind of got this evil twist to them or they're, you know, she does a lot of those roles too, because she is such a unique presence on screen. So it's nice to see her in a role like this that is so uh, down to earth in a way, which I know sounds weird when you're describing a character like this, but that's the way she appears and so nurturing and so loving and so caring. And yeah, their chemistry their chemistry is really, really incredible. And I think you have to have that. If you're going to have all these movies around this couple that you're supposed to be rooting for and loving, you have to believe that they are a couple. You have to believe that they have that chemistry. And I, you know, from all, from everything I see, they get along really well in real life too, I would assume, or they probably wouldn't keep making these movies together. Um, because I will say for my two Patrick Wilson fans, Everything I've heard about Patrick Wilson is that he is the nicest, sweetest guy in Hollywood. So one of them. So you have that. <laughs> We're just going to keep hyping you up, Patrick Wilson. So <laughs> I'm telling you, every time you say his name, you have to say it in threes. That's how Beetlejuicing works. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I think they're all great. And Lily Taylor, I've been a fan of her since forever since you know of course say anything is probably the biggest 
thing that people know her from. But she's a fantastic actress in a lot of things. She's kind of this hidden gem, I think. So go seek out a lot of her very independent work as well. I just think she is a fantastic actress and she does a great job in this at playing a woman struggling with, you know, being a mother and trying to be taken over and struggling with trying to fight that and trying to, you know, a lot of these horror movies, what you will see when you have parents, like kind of like Insidious and you have a mom, there's so much pressure on the mom in all of these movies. I mean, really, I mean, the dad sort of, yeah, but I think the mom more than anything. And, you know, this struggle of being a parent and trying to be a good mom while something evil is trying to take over not only your house, but yourself. And so I think she does that struggle really well. And she doesn't go over the top. And I think that's very important in this role. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so we are going to combine these next two, really. So Ed and Lorraine Warren are scam artists of... Frankly, they are just complete and total scam artists. We did a poll on Twitter and on Instagram. And really what one was not sure, which kind of surprised me, I'll be honest. But if you don't know, (laughs) go read up on Ed and Lorraine Warren. Because uh, if you watch videos with them, you will be so annoyed. They're nothing like these characters in the film. Nothing. Um, there's even supposed rumors that Ed was having an affair with like a 16 year old girl that was living with them. They would go like, they would go to houses, supposedly, I will say supposedly, supposedly go to houses when they first started and Ed would draw stuff or something or something in the house and come up with stories and they'd go and knock on the door and say, did you know that you have this in your house? Like haunted houses, they, you know, they'll proclaim that they, you know, like, all that stuff with the church and how they're kind of, I don't remember what the exact wording is about, you know, being kind of exorcisms and all this stuff. And the church is, does not, does not like them. <laughs> so it's not like, so all of it's bullshit is. Wasn't his whole thing was like, he's the only civilian yes, mm-hmm. that can perform an exorcism. I'm calling it a civilian. Cause I don't know what else to call him, but <laughs> no, like he's the, the yeah. only mm-hmm. civilian non-church non-religious denominational whatever person that can perform exorcisms and Mm -hmm. was approved by the vatican or something right isn't that what i thought i read something about that somewhere yes which is not entirely true (laughs) so basically you know and and what they do is they they would go around because they're both deceased but they would go around to talk shows all the time and they would have people saying you know you you're scam artists you're taking advantage of people you just want money and the only way they would defend themselves is they would say, proof, prove that we're scamming, <laughs> proof that what we're saying is not true. That's what Ed would say all the time. So, yeah. And, and supposedly there's also a lot of stuff that supposedly their, their marriage was absolutely awful and all this other stuff. And I, like we said, when we did our Amityville episode, you know, because they were involved with Amityville too. I think if you ever are looking at a cause I believe in the paranormal. It's not that I don't believe in the paranormal. But I'm a big skeptic because I believe in the paranormal, because I've had experiences. But if you are hearing about a paranormal case and one of the biggest connections or biggest so-called investigators, if they are Ed and Lorraine Warren, hide, run, don't listen to that or investigate deeper. Because also a lot of these stories that are in the Conjuring series, they weren't as involved in as the movies will lead you to believe. I believe this is also one of them that they weren't as involved in. Or if you talk to a lot, or if you read a lot of things about the families afterwards, a lot of the families say they ruined our lives. They were using us. They were not good people or that, that kind of stuff. So the movies are very glamorized them. So I want to talk about that. Now, Melissa, what are your thoughts on the real life Warren's versus the movie Warren's. And do you believe any of these stories? 
I don't know enough about like the rumor, like not the rumors, but any of the things that have come out about them. I have heard a few things, especially in regards to the parent family that were that's in that's this the conjuring is based off of that they like did not have anything good to say about them and they they said like you know very not nice things about them afterwards so that's when i sort of started to realize that you know maybe something was a little fishy here i sort of had this sort of glamorized view of them and you know, like, everyone talks so highly of them. Like, at least people who I, like, grew up watching, like, paranormal investigating shows, they would always, like, speak very highly of Lorraine because Ed was not alive at that point. But I think that anything that you that gets this much attention is going to have a lot of skepticism to it because, especially when it comes to the paranormal, because the paranormal is just such a hot topic and it's like very you know we don't know enough about it I I believe in the paranormal I just don't know if this many things could have gone on in, t- in one family and I think a lot of it is very very much exaggerated just because it got so much press it got so much attention I just don't think there's any way for it to be a hundred percent real Sasha I too am a believer in the paranormal and I do love me a good haunting and a good ghost and a good all that. With that said, these people are super sketchy. Uh, They are suspicious all over the place. And I think I agree with Melissa, like, and Aaron, you know, the film is obviously you have to make it more dramatic. So you have to take the, the core of the haunting, what was happening with that family and ramp it up, turn it up to 11 to make for good film because nobody is going to care that silverware is moving around in your kitchen. (laughs) Nobody is going to care that your child is sleepwalking into and banging her head into a, you know, wardrobe until something pulls her through the wardrobe. Like nobody, the basic haunty stuff is not good film. Mm -hmm as much as all of us can love paranormal and a good ghost story and getting the chills and hitting those hot spots, And if you've seen a ghost or encountered them, like all of that's fine. But in reality, it's, it's not good movie. It's not going to make you, you know, a million dollars watching somebody hide your forks in the top of your closet. Like nobody's going to care. <laughs> but when you go through that wardrobe and you end up into dusty devil land, people are suddenly interested. And I think that the Warrens banked on that sensationalism. And it's like we talked in Amityville, like there's a certain amount of curiosity. And so you have to make it more than it is. Um, so to kind of beef it up per se. I don't, does that make no, sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I was on a train and then my train got derailed <laughs> and then there was a tree and then I'm on a bus. So no, you're good. I made it perfect. I'm on a bus. <laughs> I don't. I just. I lost my train. It's fine. No, that was no. That made that made that made sense more than what I'm just trying to say. No, because it's true. Because I know a lot of my own personal paranormal experiences would be the most boring thing in the world. Like, you know, water turning on, flu full blast by itself, that kind of stuff. People don't care about that. That they'd be like, whatever. Who cares? It's it's really when you think about it and the moment it's like, holy shit, what is happening? But then when you think back on it, you're like, nobody is gonna care. They're gonna think that I'm nuts and they're gonna be like, it's water. It's yeah. silverware that ended up in your closet. Like I mean, they might care about the water running, but it has to be paired with a really scary face in the mirror. Exactly. Yes, yes. If the movie version of that, that's what would happen. Is it would steam up the mirror. You'd yep. go in there and go like that, and then a face would appear. Or lettering would <laughs> appear as it steamed yes. up the mirror. Yes. Something, or it would come out blood. It would be like regular water, yes. and then all of a sudden it would be blood pooling on brand new mm-hmm. white floors. Like you have to ramp it to make us interested. Otherwise, we're like, all right, Aaron experienced water turning on. Cool. I am glad you're okay. And I'm glad that it was just water and it didn't attempt to drown you and it wasn't blood and it wasn't steaming. You know, but it it doesn't make for good movie. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, that's very, very true, Susie. But yeah, the whole thing is so sketchy that if you stomp your feet on the floor, it'll light up. Like that's <laughs> like that's my that's my take on this. And kind of like any case the Warrens are involved in, like mm, I'm putting my skeptic goggles on because I don't. Mm. But uh, like with this story, um, the movie shows him being really involved in like the the haunting and helping out. I think in reality, they had a seance gone wrong where the mother was thrown against a wall and given a concussion and the mm -hmm. dad punched Ed in the face, which good for you, sir. Yes. <laughs> and threw them out of the house. And this all started just because uh, Lorraine walked in and was like, I sense a spirit. Her name is Bathsheba and she is malignant. And mm -hmm. it's just, no, I like I've. I also believe in the paranormal and but I think it's also good to have like a healthy amount of skepticism when it comes to these stories and the events kind of surrounding them because yeah they are going to be sensationalized because again like Saja <laughs> said no one's really interested in like the water turned on oh my god what the door <laughs> opened on its own like what no you have to this is Hollywood. You got to wrap things up by like 50,000% to yeah. make it because this is why whenever people like go ghost hunting, they get really disappointed because they're expecting some Hollywood-esque yeah. type series of events to happen. And it's just like whispered in the wind and they're like, ah, mm -hmm. but that's just how it is sometimes. And it could be like years upon years until you can either like see an apparition or see something like really that can really make you go wow mm -hmm. yeah but I also think that if something's happening and then people come in it's like oh this is evil it's gonna kill you then like that's gonna make you even more scared and it's gonna like make it even worse mm -hmm. and it's gonna just like make everything increase and increase and increase so I think that there could have been something happening in, in the actual house which I believe that there was but I don't think it was to the extent yeah. well, no, that I mean, it was Even, even the daughters have, I think they've written books of their own and they've even yeah. said, like, we knew that there were spirits here, but we acknowledged that it was their house and we respected their space and they, for the most part, respected ours. And, but it is like that. Like, people sometimes will latch onto something and make it way bigger than it is. They'll take that molehill and they'll make a mountain if they can. Mm -hmm. And then other possibly people in the paranormal kind of community if they have not good intentions like the warrens did they'll just attach themselves onto this story with the thought of i can make a quick buck from this and make my name a lot bigger than it is and get even more like notoriety for saying i was involved in this haunting mm -hmm. and it's i just i don't like the Warrens. <laughs> i don't either i hate them also, I think that it's like Melissa said, you know, not every haunting is evil. Most of them aren't. Like, I was just <laughs> going to say, like, what, 90% are innocuous nothing. Yeah. Not, nothing was a bad word. I apologize to all of my spirit friends out there. <laughs> Do not come for me. Um, but it's, it's not malicious. It's not mm -hmm. trying to do anything. It's, it's harmless. It's more Casper-esque. Yeah kind of haunting stuff so to have them come in because i do think that you know they went in and you know went oh this is totally evil it's going to kill yeah. you it's going to eat you we must destroy it and it could have just been you know hey if you offer it a spoon once a month you're good yeah. like, like as a ghost a if i was living in that house know. and they came in and were like the spirit is evil i would be very offended like excuse me sir <laughs> I am just trying to chill. Yeah, maybe where do you throw, get off? Maybe turn on some water, rank up their water bill a little bit, be mischievous. Right? <laughs> maybe it was trying to brush his teeth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Yeah. And and I think, you know, and I think just from my own personal experience, there are some spirits that don't know that they're dead. Seriously, don't. Don't understand. Haven't moved on. That kind of stuff. So there are spirits that, you know, if there are people that are more susceptible or more open to it, especially 
young people, this is why a lot of kids have these experiences because they don't yet have that cynical thing kicked in yet. And that's why dogs and animals, you know, are a lot more aware. But you will have spirits that are just like they're kind of like trapped and don't know. And and so they are looking for someone to maybe help them or just trying to communicate. But I mean, you know, when you look at it logically, okay, look at humanity, look at hum the human race as a whole. And yes, there's horrible people. But are you telling me that every single person that dies and then is a spirit is going to be a horrible person? That's, I mean, that's kind of the logic there. If you're thinking every haunting is going to be terrifying and horrific, then you're basically saying every human being is terrifying and everybody's going to be terrifying and horrific when they die. And I'm, yeah. and I've had, I've had scary, horrible, horrifying experiences. I'm not mm -hmm. saying everything I've had was a good thing because it's not, because there are bad spirits out there, just like there are bad people. Mm -hmm. So I've had those and I can, and they were just horrendous to experience. But most of them have been those innocent things like water turning on, like, you know, feeling something there that's, you know, that I can't point to. So, like when I was a kid, actually seeing a spirit, which is very rare, you'll actually see a spirit, but actually seeing a spirit and having it just stand there, nothing happening, just, you know, just having it stand there and that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's one reason I appreciated the sixth sense so much is the fact that even though the spirits were scary and terrifying to him as a boy, what they really wanted was not scary and terrifying. So they weren't really trying to hurt him. They were trying to send messages more about people still alive or trying to move on, that kind of stuff. And so that's why I loved that movie so much, because to me, that was a lot more realistic. And one of the only things I've liked from M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> than the other stuff you will see. So yeah, I think these are all scams. I think, you know, I believe in this stuff. I also read auras and that kind of stuff. And yeah. I've been told before that I should charge for that. And this is, this is my thought on it. And I'm not putting down people who charge for this kind of stuff necessarily. I, I think of it as like this gift that you are given and from God, from a spirit, whatever you believe in, whatever your beliefs are, and to charge for it for me feels kind of weird. I don't know how to explain that. It just feels kind of cheap. And I do think the majority of people out there that claim to be psychic, claim to be paranormal experts, all of that stuff, I think, I honestly believe the majority are bullshit. <laughs> I think the majority are scam artists. And it's very easy to be a psychic, to pretend to be a psychic. I remember calling a psychic hotline once and it was one of those, you know, the first five minutes are free. What do they do the first five minutes? Hey, so where are you calling from? Uh, how is the weather there? How is this? And I was just like, shouldn't we be getting down to the actual reading instead of this chit chat? So it's that kind of thing because they're like, okay, we're going to spend the first five minutes just feeling you out and not actually doing the readings so that you'll have to pay. It's that kind of, I don't know. That's, that's my thought and opinion on it. Yeah. So. It's also a lot of reading people. It's a lot of that psychology. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of reading and, you know, body language and eye movement and, you know, facial tics and stuff like that. A lot of it is psychology based for mm -hmm. that kind yeah. of stuff. But I did want to point out back on the train that I lost somewhere, um, or maybe it's a new train. I don't know. It's <laughs> I could be on a new train. I had seen a video and this is talking about like, ghosty stuff but I saw a video where they were talking about how ghosts the majority of people think that ghosts can actually hurt you like cause physical mm -hmm. harm and it said that they can't harm people they can't kill you in real life because if they could there'd be a lot more dead white people just based <laughs> on the history of everything that has happened and I there. saw that and died I was like that's oh. awesome <laughs> Well, there you go. Because seriously, I mean, if you think about it, yep. if, if ghosts could actually kill you, mm -hmm. it would be a yeah, very different world. Men would be gone. <laughs> oh, yes. There would no longer be men. Especially <laughs> straight white men. <laughs> no offense, straight white men. But, <laughs> but historically yeah. speaking, they've done yeah. the most damage. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was kind of a funny, I mean, it was a tongue in cheek video that I had seen, but I was like, oh, holy crap. I also think it's just easy to like 
be an expert in something that in a in mm-hmm. something that not everybody knows a lot about like the the paranormal like we don't know what it is like we have no idea what causes it or who causes it i i mean i think a lot of it is an energy thing but i could go out there and tomorrow and start saying oh i'm an expert in this because i've been study i've been watching ghost hunting shows for 10 years on tv and like you know what i mean like it's like it's hard to put a tangible thing on like what an expert is in this field like you could be ghost hunting for 20 years and still not know anything because especially now with all these like reality shows which I watch I'm not (laughs) gonna lie about that I watch it but I think it's easy to be like oh, I know what that is. And like, they'll be like, oh, this EVP says this, this EVP says that. I'm like, well, I don't hear that at all. Like, how do you know that's what it says? Like how, like, there's no training involved in it. It's just like, (laughs) you are just, you just do it. And you're like, oh, I'm an expert because I've been doing it for 10 years. But I was watching one last night um, and there were like, oh, like these voices or these noises that they were hearing were sounding angry. And they were like, oh, it must, like, be demonic or an evil spirit. And it's like, why can't it just be an angry spirit? You know? So it's, like, it's so easy to be an expert in something and label something as something Mm -hmm. evil or good when nobody else really around you knows it. Because it's such a relatively new thing that people are just now really starting to get into finding out more about it. So, I mean, we might not even ever know about what it is, but I think it's really just easy to be like, oh, I know everything about this when it's really nothing known about it. So you can mm-hmm. claim anything, really. I'm going to throw out there that that angry tone is a mom ghost. It's like, I told you to do the dishes. I told you to pick up your socks. Like, she's just <laughs> angry. So that's, you can't make out the words. You just get the tone and she's screaming about somebody picking up their mess. that's a good way i mean she's probably screaming at the investigators like no one wiped their shoes before they came in what is going on take off your shoes when you enter my house (laughs) don't put that there (laughs) don't just leave your equipment lying around pick it up (laughs) exactly what it is yeah and and you know i i do want to say though personally i do want to put out there I do think you have to be careful with this stuff if you're trying to mess with this stuff and if you're trying to like conjure up stuff like this, no pun intended there. But if you are doing that, be careful, honestly. You know, you can you can get bad things happening. So be aware of that. I think Ouija boards are the worst thing in the whole entire world. Never play with a Ouija board. Ever, 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 ever. And if you do... <laughs> Never play. And I know it sounds cliche, but don't play with one by yourself. But I just don't think you should play with them, period. And you shouldn't keep them in your house. And yeah. Don't play by yourself. (laughs) Don't play with yourself. No, you can play play with yourself. yourself. It's Um, fine to play with yourself. (laughs) I, I agree that Ouija boards are bad. I love the Ouija board image. Like the image of, you know, the, the spirit board. I have it on a tea mug. It's one of my most favorite mugs ever. So I love that, just the imagery of it. But I totally agree. Don't don't play with them. And don't conjure crap. Why are you conjuring crap? You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know who you're going to get. You think you're talking to your Meemaw and you're not. So just stop. Don't yeah. conjure. And this is coming from somebody who went on a ghost hunt at the Abbey here in Colorado. And I'm doing another one in November down in Cripple Creek. And so I no conjuring. Let's not conjure. It's not because it's stupid. (laughs) And I understand the temptation. I understand it seems like a silly game, but don't, don't. And I'm not saying I've never played with one because I have, but just don't, don't do it. (laughs) That's my advice to everybody. I think those of us that have played with them and had something super freaky happen go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So don't do it. Okay. Well, we do have time. To briefly talk about the sequels. So I just, we're not going to go through them one by one. I just want to get your overall thoughts on the sequels, the Conjuring 2 and Conjuring 3, Melissa. 
I will talk about the sequels. Like I said before, I watched the sequels because of Patrick and Vera and their portrayal of Ed and Lorraine. I think that, like, they're just, like, so amazing. I do think that the first Conjuring is the strongest one, the strongest film. I... The second one wasn't my favorite. I do watch it because of Patrick, and he sings in that movie too. So just so everybody knows, he sings. He can play guitar and sing. So, I mean. Susie just fainted. (laughs) It's it's probably the best scene in the movie. It is a good scene. I agree. But, yeah, I think I liked the story of the second one and how it tie like how they tie it in with the other movies. I know you don't want to go into them, but I just really like the the way that they structured the the universe and how they really kind of brought them all together, even in little like little ways. So I do enjoy that. The third one, I I don't know. I think it kind of strayed a little bit from the other ones and I think it had a lot to do with who directed it because I believe James Wan did not direct that one so I think it did a good job of trying to be part of the Conjuring series but I really really wish James Wan would have been the director because I think it, it could have been to a different level than it was and I didn't, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. And I think it did a good job of like integrating itself into the other movies, into the series. But I really, I was missing James Wan and his vision in this, in the directing part of it. Cause it really did affect how the movie came out. Yeah. Sasha, I know they get jumbled in your head. So. They're like scrambled eggs up in there. I don't know what, which ones go where. Um, I will say that I think one of the creepiest images from them is the image of the the nun. And I know that the nun got her own yeah. movie, but she's in some of the memory flashes and stuff like that. And I think that she is one of the creepiest characters in all so of creepy. those movies. So creepy. Yeah, she's just her movie is a snooze fest. <laughs> and I think you didn't like that, it. No, I think that's I... the one that Susie and her mom make fun of, like, all the time. But Sorry, she like there, but... that image of her. I don't know. It's up there with dolls for me. And yeah, just she's sheer creep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, I. And I don't know, maybe I would have enjoyed the movies much more if I didn't already know about the Warrens. And I have a hard time separating that. So I think that might be part of my bias, other than the fact that they're completely not scary movies, but that's because I'm broken, so. <laughs> that's that's true. I'd be curious if you saw the, sec- the, the second and the third Annabelle, what you would think of those. I think the first Annabelle is absolutely horrendous, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> Susie, your thoughts on the sequels? My personal favorite of the sequels is the second one. Um, it's absolutely like one of like one of my favorite movies. If I'm ever at a loss for a horror movie to watch or just a movie to watch, I like to put that on and just chill and watch <laughs> and just chill out and just watch the story, see what's going on. I really like the Crooked Man, and everyone who knows me knows that I love Javier Botet, who plays the Crooked Man. He's just, he's so great. Just look at some of the interviews he's done. He's, uh, he's smoking. Like, underneath <laughs> all the monster makeup, like, mmm. Dude is yummy. I <laughs> wish they would have done a movie. Like, they were, there was rumors that they were going to do a Crooked Man movie. I know, and I was And like, I was like, like yes, love. please give me the Crooked Man movie. Like, play into, like, my monster fucking kink. I'm here for that. Your monster fucking kink or monster fucking kink? Monster yeah. fucking monster like the act- fucking action? Kink. Okay, okay. You got it. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen. And I myself, I like. Goes with the lipstick. This is going to sound really weird. <laughs> but 
Um, I'm not one for sex, but a monster. Yes, they could get it. Patrick Wilson can get it. Like I just I I can admit I can admit when things look scrumptious to me. Like yeah, I don't want to partake in the actions, but I'm like mm, I can see how. Yes. Just yeah, just give me that movie. I'm here for it. Um, but I love the Conjuring sequels because of their more for like the Ed and Lorraine like backstories that we get about them. Like in the third one, I really love how they talk about like kind of their little first date in the casino. Mm-hmm. It's just so sweet. And oh, just Patrick singing in the second one. When when I first saw that in theaters, I was like, "Am I falling in love right now? Is this yes, you <laughs> are. What love feels like?" Yes, you are falling in love. I can't help falling in love with you, sir. Yes, this is the yes. <laughs> this is perfect for this. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's just oh, yeah. And the second one is actually where my mom and I started the jokes about the nun <laughs> because. So the the girl who plays the nun in the second Conjuring movie and in the nun movie is the same actress who plays like one of the ambassadors in Princess Diaries. The one whose husband tells her they should put your face on a coin and she turns and it's just like you can see a very pronounced silhouette of facial features. And like she plays the nun and just so nuns in Mexico are really for the most part they're well known for making kind of like mexican eggnog so that's kind of like where the nun joke started for my mom and me we're like oh she's pissed because no one wants to buy her eggnog that's why she's so mad and we continued that into the nun movie so we just laugh whenever we see those now because it's a good time did you think it was scary at all the nun no (laughs) i almost fell asleep i I just think it's scary because of her like her Look, I just, I can't do that. Like, she just scares me. I can't she do that. Scary. Like, it's it's too much for me. And I, like, I think, obviously, the movie could have been better. It was, like, not, like, the greatest movie. But I just think the image of her, like, every time you see it, I'm just like, no thanks. I'll pass. I'll pass on that. Yeah, and a little bit of trivia about that movie. If you didn't know, one of the people in there is... T- how do you pronounce her first name? Taisa Farmiga. Oh, she's Taisa she's Farmiga. she's oh, her sister. Vera's she's sister, Vera's yeah. sister. Yes. Everyone always says, "Oh, that's her. Must be her daughter because she's so much younger than her." But no, mm-hmm. that's her sister. And of course, she's best known for being on tons of American Horror Story seasons. But yeah, so I thought that was I thought that that part I thought was kind of cool to have this <laughs> to have her sister, you know, appear in one. Which I'm sure that was why they cast her. I. You know, I would guess. I mean, she's she's a good actress. I'm not saying she's not a good actress, but it was probably better than Kai Gerber. Oh my god! Go watch our American Horror Story live stream. How horrible she is! She's in the new season. Like, I'm sorry, Kaya, but I'm just gonna rag on you until you improve. That's that's just what I'm gonna do. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, my thoughts on the sequels, I I like both of them. I actually like the third one more than a lot of people do, I think. I think a lot of people don't like the third one very much, I know. And, and yeah, it it is a little different than the others because it isn't directed by James Wan, and I think it does suffer a little bit because of that. But I thought it was entertaining. It was, like, probably, like, the second movie I saw in the theater when I went back to the theater. So I think that also affects it because... yeah. You know, I had been missing going to the theater so much. And I think that's why A Quiet Place 2 was so good to me. Just because I, that was the first movie I saw back in the theaters. And I hadn't been there in like a year and a half. And the, and a theater is like I mean, my safe place. It's so, a good movie. so mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's not as good as the other two. I do no. agree. Although the gazebo scene oh. is amazing. So I mean, it's sweet. really sweet. And yeah, it's really sweet. And I love the two of them together. And I think they're both really great and all of them. And I think with the second one, what I think is so interesting is it's it's one of the only times you see them kind of question things and kind of question whether or not this daughter is actually possessed. And I liked that. I thought that was cool. I don't think that's true to the Warrens, but I think (laughs) especially Lorraine, (laughs) 
way she was like, oh, this isn't real. I'm like, yeah, you would have said that in real life. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and, and yes, I think Patrick Wilson is, is a good singer. Um, <laughs> what I loved the most about that scene though, was watching Vera during that performance of her yes. of Lorraine watching him sing. That was why I loved it because yes. there was so much love in her face and you could tell uh, that she was like madly in love with this guy. And I just, I loved that part of it. That's why I, I think it's so swoon worthy. <laughs> That's why you're like, how are these, how are these people not really together in real life? Like how? I mean, I know like, wait, obviously they're both very happily married. I, well, I no, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I just love Especially how, like, <laughs> no, I know a hundred percent, but I'm just like, come on it just it's they're just so good and i just can't i can't handle it they're just so good they probably just have an amazing friendship would be my yeah oh career. yeah and so they have a lot of respect for each other as actors and they ha you can see that they have that mutual yeah. love for each other and admiration and i think that kind of just plays on onto screen on oh, translates yeah, excuse me onto the screen yeah. yeah yeah but i don't know if you've ever seen vera's husband he's a musician no he's very um kind of punky looking she's got like she's got children with him and they are so madly in love it's almost sickening so <laughs> <laughs> i just i love her so much she's she's great oh, i love her plus she is so gorgeous and she, she is sexy as hell i mean she is like one of the sexiest actresses out this there, I think. this this movie is really like my bisexuality and like in like real life and i'm just like i it's really not fair <laughs> because I can't catch a break either way. <laughs> yeah, she's uh oof, yeah. I mean, I still think her best performance is Bates Motel, but she's I iconic as Norma Bates. Go watch that show. <laughs> I want more people to watch that show. Dang it. That's one of the best shows that's ever been on television. <laughs> Go watch it and then listen to our episode on it because that's one of my favorite episodes we've done this year. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and close out and go around and have everybody say where they can be found. Melissa. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rob's Old Pal. Awesome. Thank you. And Sasha. Yep. You can find me on Instagram at Vegan Geek Chick. Thank you. And Susie. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Twit and Twitter at uh, <laughs> QSC. There is one underscore for Twitter and then two underscores for um instagram and the underscores are between the q and the sc <laughs> just to like <laughs> clarify because i realized i didn't say that um you can also follow my dog's instagram at benny underscore pelicita so that's where you can find us both come join us we have fun times awesome and if you ever have trouble finding any of my lovely panelists i can guarantee you that at least the fandom thing accounts are following them so that's a way you can also find them if you ever have a trouble a trouble if you ever have trouble <laughs> a singular trouble. A trouble works a trouble yeah <laughs> just one if you have any kind of trouble yeah not 99 problems a trouble <laughs> and a bitch ain't one um <laughs> this is aaron you can follow me on twitter at e april beauty the e and the a and the b are capitalized there really is not much new i can say that i'm tweeting about on there I still every once in a while tweet about Finn Whitrock. My last one was I'm getting my mom to become a fan of Finn Whitrock. She will never watch American Horror Story, but she watched Long Weekend and I knew she would love it. And she did. I got really excited because Darren Chris has a Christmas album out and I know it's Halloween season, but I'm like, oh, Darren Chris singing. So that got me excited. So I tweeted a little bit about that. You'll probably see a lot of retweets from him because he kind of cracks me up. So that's what you'll find over there. It's not as exciting as I think our fandom Twitter, but it's still fun. Uh, be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be an interview guest, Patrick Wilson and Vera Formiga, you can both come on together. It would be awesome. Wonderful. We'd love to have you. We are very welcoming. <laughs> Also, you need to say their name three times to make it work. So oh, yeah. do it Patrick again. Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga. Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga. 
come email the show at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. You know, we could have like a, we can have a conjuring panel with Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. I'm trying the three thing. You have and to, then, otherwise Beetlejuicing doesn't work. Yeah. There are then, rules. <laughs> and then we can have a Ryan Murphy panel with Finn Rock, Whitrock, Darren Chris, and Sarah Paulson. So Finn Whitrock, Darren Chris, Sarah Paulson, Finn Whitrock, Darren Chris, Sarah Paulson. Come join us. It'll be fun. I will be very, very easy and nice on you. Uh, easy and nice on you sounds weird, but that sounded dirty. Fun. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. I'll be easy and nice on them too. I'm like Little Caesar's Pizza, hot and ready to go. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Okay, and um, next week we are kicking off slashers, and I am so flipping excited. Let me just tell <laughs> I can tell Sasha and Susie are very excited because they're gonna be back. And we are going to kick off the kickoff slashers with with two Wes Craven franchises, Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street. And that'll be a blast. And for Nightmare on Elm Street, my beautiful, wonderful, amazing podcast, Brain Twin Jen for my streaming bubble, is also gonna be on that one. So I'm very excited. And then the next week after that, we'll be talking about Halloween and Friday the 13th which I'm very excited because Halloween is my favorite of these. So that one I am just beyond excited to talk about. And tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, speaking of slashers, we are doing night seven of horror trivia, and we are going to be talking about slashers. And Susie will be on for that one. And Meg will too, even though Meg does not watch slashers, but she wants to be a part of all of these now because she has so much fun and we love Meg. And then Jen from my streaming bubble will also be on that one. So I'm very, very excited for that trivia night as well. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.